Welcome to Milk Bread Radio, a show about creative living and well-being in the confusing world that we live in. I'm Stacey Lee, and this is where we have honest conversations about mental wellness, creativity, and what it means to live an authentic and fulfilling life. So grab a snack, sit back, and let's dig in. we are back for episode three of milk bread radio thank you guys for tuning in i just wanted to start off by saying i was super excited to launch officially last week and i wanted to say thank you to all the friends and lovely people of the internet for saying such nice things and sending nice messages and sharing and just being generally super supportive in me trying out this new thing I think there's always a certain degree of anxiety and stress that comes whenever I'm trying to like launch a new thing or if you're trying to work on like a new project or try something different. I just felt a lot of anxiety and like, oh, are people going to like it? What are people going to think? I don't know. So I just wanted to say thanks everyone for being so supportive of the official launch last week. So today for episode three, I really wanted to talk about self-compassion and giving yourself compassion when life feels chaotic or feels overwhelming because I know I have been needing a lot of that in the last I don't know like my whole life I feel like I life just constantly feels really hectic to me and really confusing and really chaotic but that's what the show is about is trying to make sense of all of that and I have particularly been needing more self-compassion this week because I've been having a particularly hectic week. On top of just having launched my podcast last week and having just launched the show um, and, you know, having a regular corporate job too and having a busy day job, uh, on top of all these things that are happening, I also decided to get a cat and (laughs) that cat I thought was going to make me feel a lot less stressed and I thought oh you know animals are supposed to help de-stress you and furry friends are super cute and enjoyable but honestly this cat has been making me very emotional this last week and so I got I got a really cute little like one and a half year old fur baby Um, I'm fostering her for a month or so and then we'll keep you guys posted on if adoption goes through but She has been so stressed, you know, being in a new environment and in an unfamiliar place and I'm an unfamiliar person. So she was not really eating and, you know, she was just not really coming out of hiding. And I keep having this weird anxiety that she's going to get catnapped or something bad is going to happen to her, which is super irrational because she's literally just in one room of my apartment and has been for the last week. But all those things to say, (laughs) I have been feeling very like stressed and anxious and life feels very chaotic, particularly this week. And when I have those experiences of a chaotic world and things just feeling really busy, I tend to drop the ball on like a lot of things. And then I end up getting like really self-critical and getting really hard on myself. Like for example, in this last week, I think because I've been so focused on like the cat and the podcast launch, I I did not exercise for like the whole week. I haven't been sleeping very well. I've been eating like trash and I, I'm pretty sure I've eaten like one vegetable in the last week. 
Um, and you know, my, I'm not like cleaning my space a lot and I haven't been making an, a ton of time to like call my family and make plans with friends. And it's just been very chaotic this last week. And I, and when life gets chaotic, it just feels really impossible to maintain all these like life habits and routines and things that I want to do to better myself. Like all these things piled on top of the responsibilities of everyday life, or if you have like life changes going on, sometimes it just feels so impossible to and like so exhausting trying to do all those things that we feel like we should be doing. And then when I fall short of all these habits and routines and healthy lifestyle things that I want to do for myself and I know are good for me, I get this super nagging critical voice in my head that's just like, oh, like I can't believe you you haven't exercised all week or I can't believe you like haven't been I don't know, like you haven't been like cleaning your space, your space is so messy and like this really negative internal chatter and internal dialogue that is just really unpleasant and I don't really like that feeling and like when I experience that and yeah, so all that to be all that being said, that's sort of why I wanted to talk about self-compassion in this episode because I've just been experiencing this chaos in my life and then as a byproduct in my mental space as well. And I feel like I just need self-compassion and this is the episode that I need. So I'm going to share it with you guys. So first I wanted to talk about what is self-compassion. And I think I first learned about the concept of self-compassion maybe like two years ago. And my mind was just like, oh my God, I've needed this my whole life. But I read this book called self-compassion by Kristen Neff and I honestly like you know I love me a good self-help self-improvement book but the more you start to read self-help and self-improvement the more books just start to feel more like tropey and generic and not very helpful and so I'm kind of like picky about self-help books these days but self-compassion is one of those books that I like continuously return to and I think it's very good and it's a very quick read and it's like a good like guidebook on uh, and just like good reminders that I need a lot and to my knowledge Kristen Neff is like the queen of self-compassion research and she's done a ton of cool work around how to be more compassionate to ourselves so I'm very excited to just like talk about this topic a little bit more because I think it's very helpful for me and hopefully will be for some other people out there. So self-compassion is defined as extending compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. So in those moments where, you know, if we're feeling really bad about ourselves, we might have made a mistake or we're just experiencing something difficult in our lives, self-compassion means showing that compassion as we would to like a friend and extending that same compassion and that same grace to ourselves when we're experiencing a certain degree of suffering. And specifically, Kristen Neff also defines self-compassion as having three main elements, being self-kindness, which is the kindness showing kindness to oneself, um, common humanity, 
meaning shared experiences and recognizing that we are not necessarily alone in our suffering or our whatever negative experience we may have may be having and the third element being mindfulness which is sort of telling us to ground ourselves back into reality and not let our mental realities of what we're experiencing get so uh, exaggerated and distorted to the point where you know we're getting really tangled up in it and we can't focus on the reality so self-compassion containing self-kindness shared humanity common humanity and mindfulness and i kind of wanted to touch on common humanity and mindfulness in particular just because i think this is these are the two kind of elements that i think resonate with me the most because when i get in like this headspace like i have been this last week where i'm like oh like i i feel really bad about myself i haven't been exercising i haven't been eating well i haven't been cleaning my space in my head i feel like i get into this space of like really like isolated like feeling very isolated in my experience like oh I am not only am I like not exercising but in my head it somehow turns into I'm not exercising and I am the only person out in the world who is not exercising and it ends up making me feel like very isolated and alone and just like oh my gosh like I'm a fuck up and everybody else is doing better than me and I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps and get it together (laughs) which is like you know when you say it out loud you recognize how kind of irrational that sounds but i think sometimes we have this like mental chatter and mental dialogue in our heads and we don't even recognize that it's going on until i don't know we've gone through that same dialogue for like 30 minutes and so that's why i think thinking about the concepts of shared humanity and mindfulness is especially helpful for me because i tend to isolate myself in in my own struggle and thinking that I'm the only person who may be struggling with something so thinking about common humanity recognizing that we are just like by logic we are most certainly not alone in our struggle in the seven eight billion people who live on the planet we can't possibly be the only person experiencing a particular kind of struggle And in mindfulness too, that means grounding ourselves back into the reality of what may be going on. So if I tell myself in my head, I'm the only person who's not exercising and I'm the only person who can't take care of myself and can't balance all these things. When I take a step back and look at what's going on in reality, if I just talk to like one friend, I'll talk to 10 friends, for example, I'm pretty sure all 10 friends will be like, yeah, I can relate to that feeling. I can can relate to what you're experiencing. And lots of people will have the same experiences that we may have, even when in our heads, sometimes we get these sort of distorted reality thoughts, a a mental distorted reality. So I think one quote that was also really helpful while we're still talking about like the concept of self-compassion, I pulled this quote from Uh, Kristen Neff's book that I thought was really helpful and she says when you focus on the fact that you are having certain thoughts and feelings you are no longer lost in their storyline so I'll read that again she says when you focus on the fact that you are having certain thoughts and feelings 
you are no longer lost in their storyline. So, for example, I'm just going to keep using this example because, I don't know, because it's easy and it's the one I'm using. So if I tell myself, okay, the thought that I'm having is I am not exercising. I haven't exercised all week. I'm the only person who is not exercising and not taking care of myself. If I take a moment and I'm able to step back and acknowledge and bring awareness to that specific thought that I'm having, I can then sort of like extract myself and detach myself from that mental storyline. And in doing that, that also alleviates like the pressure and the suffering thinking those thoughts create. Like, you know, if I'm super caught up in telling myself that I am the only person in the world who can't take care of themselves and can't have these like healthy routines and can't exercise I might go through this like mental dialogue for a super long time but as soon as I bring awareness that I'm having these thoughts then I can sort of detach myself and exit from that storyline so that is just an interesting quote that I thought sort of helps to grapple with the concept of mindfulness and how it helps us to have self-compassion in general I also wanted to talk about why self-compassion feels so difficult sometimes because I I don't know, it just feels like very unnatural and it feels very easy to extend compassion to other people. And when other people are going through something, we can very easily say like, oh, like I totally feel for you. I totally understand, like do whatever you need to do or whatever it may be. But I've been thinking a lot about why self-compassion. Self-compassion is particularly difficult. Like, I think self-compassion is really difficult because self-criticism is super universal. Like, self-compassion is really, really difficult because it almost violates our biology in a certain way. Like, we are so universally programmed to be focused in on the negative and to whether it pertains to ourselves or life events but particularly with ourselves i think we're all so prone to being super super self-critical because it was biologically necessary to survive and to be part of the tribe and to be included you need to be very cognizant of what people think of you for your own survival and it was almost evolutionarily advantageous to be constantly worried and to be constantly down on yourselves because that sort of helped to motivate you to make sure you're like getting your act together so the tribe doesn't kick you out and feeds you food and things like that on top of the biological necessity or not necessity but like the biological advantage evolutionary advantage of having self-criticism and by effect making self-compassion really really difficult i think our current society you know we live in a society also makes it super easy to be really really self-critical like any images that we see in the media anything that we see that's telling us to buy something for example tells us to buy something because it will make us feel better about ourselves especially when I think about women and women and anything in like the health and wellness space, diet culture, uh, the healing things, various healing things. Um, I don't know. There's, I, 
I did not write this down. I, I'm, I'm not as prepared on this example because I just thought of this right now. But there's so many things that we see um, in like mainstream media, in, in the, what people are trying to sell to us in the marketing world, and especially on social media. And I have so many thoughts about social media, which I, I think I need to do like multiple episodes about social media. And I think the harmful effects and the dangers it has on our mental health, on creativity, on technology, on all, all got a lot of thoughts for the purposes of this episode. I think social media plays a huge part in self-criticism and uh, making self-compassion difficult. Like just the nature of social media is to be constantly showing us everyone's greatest successes and the things that draw the most attention and highlight reels, even things like, you know, uh, I'm, I have a lot of thoughts too about just like how it affects specifically women and look at, look at things like the it girl phenomenon, you know, we're seeing things like it girl vlogs everywhere that have these perfectly curated lives that say they're like exercising at 6am and then they do meditation and they're journaling and have a green smoothie and a papaya and they do all these things and it just is very unrealistic although I do love the aesthetics of those vlogs I will say that they are very beautifully done but they're very unrealistic to everyday human lives and thus putting this weird pressure onto women to have to perform at a certain way in a certain way or have to live their lives in a certain way and it places these mental images of what we should be doing and what we should live like but those things aren't actually reflections of reality and reflections of how people react in a very human way to life things and life circumstances and life changes and so whether it's social media it girl vlogs or perfectly tailored images on instagram or we see cinematic recreations of life on tv the more that we have all this media stimulation the more that we feel there's this disconnect between our experiences like what we feel on a day-to-day in our humanness and what things are actually quote-unquote supposed to look like because when we see these media and like these really well tailored images and videos and films and movies and TV and when we see all these images and stories we it's really hard for us to mentally separate those from like oh recognizing that that is not real life when we see so much of it and we see that constantly in the media so i think that is a huge part of like the modern day nurture versus nature like that is the the nurture aspect of it that makes self-criticism feel super natural and unfortunately super universal to so many of us so really all this to say like i'm just talking about like ways that self-criticism has somehow become ingrained in all of us and that's ultimately why i think self-compassion feels so difficult and feels so unnatural a lot of the time. So if self-criticism is a lot of our default mental state, it's in our biology, it's in our nature, it's in our nurture, then I feel like choosing self-compassion and having self-compassion in those difficult moments is almost this weird act of rebellion 
in this really fast and rigid and discipline focused world like it seems so funny to me that it's like self-compassion it feels like this really soft thing but when you choose it you actively choose to engage in it you're kind of doing this cool edgy thing and you're like ooh, this is rebellious because this is going against the status quo and what the status quo tells us we're supposed to feel and when we have self-compassion in this like really disciplined and rigid world it really is just about being okay with falling apart and not having it together and choosing to care about yourself and what you experience in a world that tells us we're not supposed to do that like it's really just about choosing to care about your experiences and care about your feelings and really reflecting on what you actually feel and separating that from what the world tells you that you are supposed to be feeling. So specifically in my life, when I'm trying to have more self-compassion, I think the first thing that I try to do, or I'm going to talk about like a couple things specifically in terms of like implementing self-compassion into our lives. But specifically what I like to do is I think self-compassion is mostly a mindset shift and a shift in your belief system. It's, and you know, I don't think there's a ton of like, you know, you can't go like run three miles. Like, I don't know if there's that many like physical things we can do to like be having self-compassion. I'll name a couple ideas, but what I typically do is I just need I just need reminders honestly I need reminders that it's okay to fall apart and it's okay to not have my shit together all the time and be messy and isolate myself when I need to and eat burritos when I want to and not exercise for a few days or whatever it may be and it's okay if I don't meet these really rigorous expectations of what our lives are supposed to look like. I am a human being and I'm having a a real experience in response to doing life things. And I don't even know if I would consider those things falling apart. They're just regular human reactions to how things work in the world. Another thing that I, I thought was very interesting, I actually, so I, I try to do this, but I sometimes forget Um, But one thing I saw, I think I saw it on like a TikTok or something, is what helps with self-criticism is when you give uh, your inner critic, like the inner critic in the back of your head, you give them a name. So name that little dude who says that you are doing something wrong all the time or that you are not enough or that you're a failure or that you are falling short of expectations or whatever it may be. Like when you notice those self-critical thoughts or those really like thoughts that make you feel really isolated name that critic and just tell them to shut the fuck up and like and you pick a name that's like really someone that you don't like or someone that's like annoying so i would be like shut the fuck up chad or shut the fuck up donald and it helps to really separate that inner critic from what you actually want to be thinking in your day-to-day and ultimately like when you have that mental separation it helps it it helps to make it easier to then 
choose to have self-compassion in that particular moment. And another thing that I often have to remind myself too is that self-compassion, when you choose to have self-compassion, it isn't about making excuses or being lazy because I think that tends to be what a lot of the like criticism around self-compassion is, is it's like, oh, it's so soft and it's making excuses and how are you ever going to get anything done if you're just having self-compassion all the time? But really having self-compassion is just a recognition of your own humanness and the limitations that come with being a human being. So I feel like a lot of the times I'll, I'll use this habit example too. Like if I fall short of like, I really want to exercise like three or four days a week and I want to be meditating and journaling a couple times a week. If I want to have all these habits and I fall short of being able to fulfill them, having self-compassion is going to be the only way that I can do these things long-term. Like if I want to have these as like lifelong habits and I'm going to beat myself up every single time I like don't exercise for a week or I forget to journal for a week or whatever it may be, I'm going to have a really hard time establishing these things as lifelong, long-term habits. And that's why I think you really need self-compassion in order to not be lazy in the long term or like not be, what's, what's the right word? If you want to continue taking action on your habits or your goals or whatever it may be long term, you need to be able to have self-compassion for those moments where you inevitably fuck up because everyone's going to mess up. Everyone is going to drop the ball every now and then. No one is going to be a rigid machine that can just do all the things perfectly. And if you are, if you are that person, tell me what you're taking and, and let me know. But as far as I can tell, 99% of the human population cannot be a rigid robot and you need self-compassion in order to be able to have long-term goals and lifelong uh, lifelong things that you want to do and lifelong habits and and just being okay with when you will mess up and when you will make mistakes and being okay with that. So those are some of the like mindset shifts that I think are very helpful when you're trying to implement yourself, implement more self-compassion into your life, like just generally being okay with falling apart and not having it all together, remembering that you're I don't know. Are you having like very crazy high expectations of yourself because of what you see in the media, because of your biology and internal self-criticism? You could also try naming your, your inner critic. You can name them Chad. You can name them Donald, whatever is the name of your enemy or your nemesis. And remember that self-compassion isn't about making excuses or being lazy. It's just being okay with being a human being and that you're not going to be a 100% perfect being all the time. So if you are having a hard time, you're being really down on yourself, you're having chaotic things happening in your life like I am, this is your sign to let yourself be imperfect, be flawed, miss routines, mess up, struggle, feel your emotions, and speak to yourself with kindness, 
with humility and with very, very human compassion because everybody is going through something and everybody is dealing with a certain degree of struggling in whatever regards. And the last thing that we need is to be treating ourselves poorly in that experience as well. So that is me on my soapbox for episode three. And I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about self-compassion, thoughts around self-compassion. I hope you are giving yourself compassion in this moment and for many, many moments in your life (laughs) down the line. And thank you guys for tuning in to episode three. That's a wrap for this week. And I will talk to you guys next time.